I got green juice, cucumber, celery, apple. If I want a little sweeter, I might use a pineapple. Green juice, all this deliciousness. Hey, fresh cruciferous, got me feeling magnificent. Just a quick note before we get started. If the audio sounds like it was recorded via phone call, that's because it was. Not ideal, but we really wanted to bring you this episode. So let's get to it. Fresh cruciferous, got me feeling magnificent. Green jewels. Hello folks, and welcome to the Growing Our Future podcast, where we chat with everyday people, as well as professionals in the fields of education, health, and environmentalism, to find out what they're doing to make our world a more sustainable, healthy, and community-driven place. I'm Shirley Perotti, your host for today's episode, and with me I have the original Dream Team, the founders of Gardopia Gardens, Stephen Leckie, Dom Dominguez, and Andres Narvai. How do you say the name? Andres. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. Um, <laughs> we're just going to say invest in. AJN. 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 That's a need to know basis. You get nothing but initials. <laughs> so you guys are here to talk about all the exciting things that are happening with Gardopia right now. Before we get to like Garden Olympics and the new magazine and the upcoming gala, um, I want to give listeners a little context about the history of Gardopia. So, um, Andres, um, I want to start with you. How did Stephen and Dom rope you into this whirlwind? You guys all went to school together, right? Dom wishes he went to school with us, but unfortunately <laughs> he didn't. He went to St. Edwards. Stephen and I met at UIW. Um, he ran track with my brother. We hung out, ran around the streets of San Antonio as young, as young bucks. And, uh, he was always pretty active on campus, uh, SGA, things like that. So he started, uh, an initiative similar to Gardopia, except on the UIW campus when we were still there. And the way I got involved was, and he wanted to continue that mission outside after we graduated. So that's when he approached me, uh, myself and Leon Knight from UIW, and then very, very shortly thereafter, Dominic came on, and, uh, you know, he was really that, like, Manu Ginobili-type figure to, to the <laughs> original three. So, uh, balding. I was balding. Not quite yet. Well. I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> we love you, Manu. <laughs> so, Stephen, how did you and Dom connect then? Um, you know what? That's a great question. So, you know, Andreas uh, and I were at Incarnate Word and Leon. And, uh, you know, with Incarnate Word, we came to the Ella Austin Community Center on the east side, started a garden there. And then after about a year or so, like 2014-ish, 2015, I was at Ella Austin and there was a farmer's market with the San Antonio Food Bank. And that's the first time I saw Dominic. And, uh, you know, we just talked briefly. I think he said he was a master gardener. He was running the farmer's market. Cool, cool. And then probably like a couple months later, I see him working with the kids at Austin. I'm like, wait, who is this guy? 
because I had already been there for like you know a year or two, and he just got hired. And the director was like, "I'm so excited to have you meet this guy. He's a master gardener. He's a teacher. He's an environmentalist. Like y'all are gonna like hit it off." I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> and uh, you know, we met each other in October of 2015 um, at the Austin Community Center. And, it was love you know, at first sight. It Aww, was pretty much love at first sight. <laughs> October, see, I would never know that date, but cool stuff. Uh, you remember the remember. date. That's so I, 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 you know, specific dates stick out of my head, and uh, that is one. I, and so, um, <laughs> you know, October came, December came, and, uh, and then I want to say January came, and Dominic said to me, he's like, hey, I, uh, I heard you're starting a garden down the street from here. I have a friend who uh, who does some work at the food bank in the nutrition department. I was like, yeah, man, come by. And I want to say about January, February, Dominic came to Gardopia, and uh, I think the rest is history. The rest is history, folks. The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> An evil brainchild. So Gardopia went from being an evil college brain baby to the operation that it is today. Um, what does that operation look like today? What all does Gardopia do? Yeah, it's a loaded question, and it has evolved across the years. But at its core, it exists to grow healthy communities through garden-based learning. And so education at the forefront of the nonprofit and saying we can educate people how to be healthier through garden-based learning, right? And so we go to schools, churches, community centers. Uh, you can find us at the Pearl Farmers Market. We have volunteer days uh, on sometimes Tuesdays, but this spring in Thursdays and Saturdays where people can come out and they get their hands dirty, learn about different things like composting, taking care of your chickens, planting, uh, irrigation, you name it. So many classes. Uh, we also go and we're working with two schools at the moment, Young Women's Leadership Academy Primary, and then also Young Men's Leadership Academy. And so working with the the youth, right, going in and making sure that they're best prepared with the information that they need to have successful gardens. But in the short term, it's, it's a successful garden. But in the long run, it's really thinking about the lifestyle habits, right? When we're talking about taking yeah. sustainability and implementing that on, which is super cool to see. So the, the nonprofit really has grown. Um, how many gardens are you? The, the main garden is over on North New Brussels on the east side, but how many gardens do you guys actually, are you involved in around town? Well, over the past five going on six years, you know, we've built, you know, probably close to three, 400 gardens. We, on our annual report for 2019, 2020, you know, we built over a hundred gardens. Um, so that's a lot of gardens. It's a lot of gardens. It's a lot of gardens. It's a lot of wood. It's a lot of screws. It's a lot of soil. It's a lot of wheelbarrows. You can ask Andreas about that. Um, but you know, we have worked with probably 
20 schools, uh, close to 100 households, um, you know, three or four community centers, um, two apartment complexes. Uh, we've worked with about four restaurants. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still building to this day. So around town, like if people, you know, maybe they've seen a garden that, that you helped build and they, they don't know that usually it's marked by a marker, like our new gardens is here, but, um, but where all are the gardens at that, you know, people could, might stumble across. Like I know there's one over at, um, what is that coffee place name? Commonwealth. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so um, El Forno, um, we built one at the San Antonio Country Club. These are some of the commercial spaces. Oh, we've done, yeah, so community spaces, Woodard Park, El Austin Community Center. Uh, we've worked with Washington Elementary, Bowden Elementary. Uh, Dominic mentioned YWLA and YMLA. We've worked with Steel Montessori, Alamo Heights High School. They have an alternative school that has come to Gardopia in the past. Um, you know, San Antonio Preparatory, um, I'm, I'm probably missing many, but, uh, you know, almost, I would say about three or four school districts. Most of the schools that we've worked with have been at more in the inner city. We, we have worked with Texas Military Institute out there by, uh, Camp Bullis. It's a little bit further. Um, and most of the community centers are in the inner city as well. So schools, Community centers in the inner city. And then on the residential side, I mean, we've built gardens really all throughout the city, um, you know, north of, of Hildebrand. We've built some gardens on the south side as well. Um, so, you know, our footprint is San Antonio and leading up into central Texas. Um, we can't take 100% credit for it, but one of our uh, former mentees is down in Eagle Pass. Uh, Chris Luna, shout out to him with helping our planet evolve. And I'm trying to convince Andreas to go down to Corpus Christi, but uh, I haven't quite convinced him yet. Wait, so you're like sending disciples out or what? Gardeners. We call ourselves Gardeners. Gar- uh, <laughs> gu- gu- guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. Guardians of. Yes. Or, Gardopians or of the Galaxy. Gardopians, yes. Oh my exactly. gosh. <laughs> So, um, all of the gardens that you've built all over the place, and you guys do build residential gardens as well, right? That's a, that's a service that you, uh, help to provide. You know, our mission is an education and creating as much impact as possible. And so, but when we, when we're at schools, you know, we're impacting thousands of people. When we're at community centers, same thing. So, you know, our, our really, our goal is to have the, highest impact on the greatest amount of people. Um, but again, working with households is something that we have done. Again, last year we built, you know, close to a hundred gardens. And I would say probably 90% of those were residential gardens because of the pandemic. And so many people are at home. Uh, a lot of people yeah. got the, the stimulus check. A lot of people were mm-hmm. in their backyard. A lot of people uh, were experiencing the food shortages and they said, you know what? I want to take food security into my own hands. I want to take health into my own hands. And so, um, sure. the resident, the residential piece has been a big part of our mission as well. Educating families, uh, children and adults. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, especially during COVID, it was like therapy, right? Uh, I know I was outside all the time with my plants, making sure that they were okay. And actually, you know, that the, all the plants that live inside my house, they actually stayed alive because I was here all the time. So, um, yeah, that's like gardening therapy during COVID was like a thing for people, right? No, definitely. It definitely was a therapy. I think I remember the first day that we were shutting down or the city was being shut down. We were at the garden and I think we sold almost every plant we had. It was crazy. We had probably like 45, 40 people there at one time. I and mean, people were just buying plants. Um, it was, it was pretty hectic. I remember that, that. was crazy. It was, that it was, was really interesting. I was like, we made, yeah, we sold so many plants that day that if we did that every day for a month, that probably fund most of our operational costs. It was insane. Yeah, I cannot believe it. You're, like AJ, like you said, um, you know, people were coming in in droves. You know, trees, plants, fertilizer. Uh, it, it was it was uh, quite the experience, and that right there was really just the tipping point. Because after that day, yeah. the yeah. the rest of the spring. I, you know, I told my partner, Kendall, I was like, I'm done building gardens. May 31st, I'm done. But guess what? Yeah. I'm still building gardens in June. I was like, what is going on? But, you know, it's a blessing. And you just, Absolutely. you know, you know, have to be thankful for the opportunities. And also people realizing, you know, how important health, how important food and the environment. You know, you start to see these posts during COVID that the, the canals in Italy uh, you know, are, are running clear, you know, they had, I know there, it wasn't true, but like dolphins in the canals, you know, but <laughs> the, the idea that people were aware of the environment as in addition to everything else. And then, um, you know, here at Gardopia having the opportunity to continue operations because a lot of businesses had to shut down, uh, during the pandemic. And I know this yeah. is in the pandemic, pandemic episode, but you know, for us to be able to con continue operations, because if we had to shut everything down, I don't even know if Gardopia would still be around, right? So we we were blessed with that opportunity, and it really continues to this day as we start to move out of COVID and, you know, start to, start to plan for the future. And, and what does the future look like? Absolutely. Yeah. And community gardens became like a, a refuge for a lot of people, a place where they could go because there was nothing going on. There was no place to go. There wasn't, and you know, the only way you could really be around people is if you were outdoors and at least six feet away from each other. So that's like a huge impact you guys are making. You guys have gained some notoriety, gained some clout, um, really coming into your own now as a nonprofit organization and as a gardening uh, education and sustainability authority that is making an impact in, in the San Antonio community. And um, the other things you guys are doing is you guys are facilitating a, a Garden Olympics, right? Yeah, awesome. So the Garden Olympics is a three-part series, and it boils down to three signature events. The first one is the spring garden competition. And that started in the very beginning of springtime. That is just an online competition where people can submit their, their produce grown 
They can submit the eggs that they, you know, have produced with their chickens or, or compost created. They can take pictures. They can upload that to a portal and they can win prizes. So that's the first thing, the spring garden competition. The next one is the youth garden games. And this year that was with our two schools, Young Women's Leadership Academy Primary and Young Men's Leadership Academy Primary. We did it at the Young Women's School. And that was just a fun day where the kids would engage in like horticultural based field day activities, like literally a spelling bee. We were teaching, it, yes, yes, it's educational, but we were there just, you know, facilitating conversation with these young ones, kindergartners spelling bee, spelling tree, drawing pictures of the garden, or they're doing potato sack races. And it was just a whole lot of fun. We had a camera crew out there. Uh, shout out to Making Good, who came down and filmed uh, that with us. So if you guys are looking for us, just a little plug in. Gardopia will be on BYU TV, and we have a little uh, series coming out uh called right. with making good so yeah it should be awesome they brought a whole crew down kirby hayborn is the host and you'll see all of what we do it's scheduled to release in october so those two and then the last thing is the garden awards gala which is just a concluding event right and, and what that is really set at is yes a fundraising event for gardopia but more importantly a way to really honor the winners of the spring garden competition, the, the, uh, the community garden of the year, the, the most eggs produced, uh, gardener of the year, things like that. Right. And, and just highlight them, you know, and make them know that they are, they are of value. Uh, and, and that really gets out to expanding the awareness of urban agriculture, uh, and, and getting that information outward, right? Yeah, absolutely. Recognizing people who are participating in that and, you know, just growing that and cultivating that that desire and the love for gardening and um, anything you guys do to cultivate that is really cool. So I thought it was really cool that you were holding the award ceremony at the gala. Uh, I, I think so as well. Stephen really hit on it earlier. We know that we have these acute shocks and chronic stressors that are here. We know that we have, we need to plan for resiliency. And we know that our supply chains were disrupted with the winter storm URI and then also COVID-19. And so we're seeing like a gradual shift in awareness around food sovereignty, food, uh, food security, resource security, energy transportation, you name it. And so here is kind of a way to say, I can be and inspire self-sufficiency, not only at home, but let me honor the people in my community if I run a community garden. So I think that that's kind of the bigger tie. Yes, it's about growing fruits and vegetables and all that great stuff, but there's also yeah. celebrating the people behind it, which, which I think is pretty neat. I'm excited. I want to see Dominic and Steven in uh, tuxedo. I don't want to see them in in overalls. I don't want to, I don't want to see any overalls that night. 
Bro, surprise, you surprise. Of, when he you rips off the tuxedo, tuxedo exactly. I'm just gonna get like a little black strip. Tuxedo overalls. Tuxedo rolls. He's just gonna overalls. be like, I have my there tuxedo, psych, and then Tuck, rip it off. Rolls. <laughs> like I got it. I'll have a little tie. He thought, but nah. Actually, speaking of the dollars, where is the gala? When is the gala? And you know, if you are sponsoring the gala, if someone wants to sponsor, sorry, excuse me. Um, how do we do that? And what is that going to look like for them um, at the ceremony? Those are some great questions, Shirley. I couldn't have asked it better myself. The gala is going to be taking place at the San Antonio Botanical Gardens in a beautiful venue that was just completed prior to COVID at the Medi-Kelso Event Center. Uh, it can hold up to 800 people. It's right on the lawn uh, next to the pergola with the wisteria vines, right in the entrance of the Botanical Gardens. I mean, it's really, to me, one of the premier venues in the city. And it's been used very minimally because it opened during COVID. Um, so it'll be there. And we are planning for about 150 to 200 people just for, for COVID. We don't want to get it too big. Um, and, you know, if people want to attend, uh, they can go to our Eventbrite, gardopia.eventbrite.com, and they can buy a ticket. We're having uh, early bird tickets available uh, through the end of the month. So about May 31st or so, we might extend it to June 1st. And then... The event is on June 30th. So if organizations want to sponsor us, they can do that. Uh, they can email at info at gardopiagardens.org. We can send them the sponsorship. And, you know, we're going to make sure that our, our sponsors are recognized. The biggest thing about this is creating sustainability within Gardopia, in addition to honoring all those who are doing great work in urban agriculture in San Antonio. And so... You know, we, Gardopia wants to be around for, for the long run. And that creates um, an opportunity for us to be a part of this urban agriculture renaissance that's happening right now. Um, there are urban farms popping up yeah. left and right, you know, at schools, uh, at uh, parks, um, with the San Antonio Housing Authority, um, really across the board. And you're starting to see farmers markets start to see a resurgence as well. And this is all going to need to be sustained. Gardopia is not a big organization. We don't have a lot of money, but we have a lot of brain power. Dominic's head, have you seen Dominic's head? It's huge. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. It's why I wear a hat. <laughs> well, really, we, we, I thought, we, we, I thought we it was just his hair. It was my hair, my hat. <laughs> Everything. I'm never taking my beanie huge, off. Is a big, huge brain under there? Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> But it's okay because it averages out. Andreas's head is really small, so it's like together. <laughs> Since the guy with the humongous dreads. Okay, so I mean, yeah, it's all about community, right? So honoring people in the community who are part of cultivating um, this lifestyle, as well as you know the sponsors who help to uh, support. Um, all of your programming and all of your um, the activities that go on at, at Gardopia, they can purchase a ticket and that helps to raise funds for the programming for Gardopia for the year? Yeah, absolutely. So the anytime you're coming to a nonprofit, uh, especially one of Gardopia's size, when we receive dollars, we they're so valuable to us. 
And we want to make sure that we're utilizing those dollars to the best of our ability. And that's really the tremendous thing about giving to small nonprofits is that your dollar really goes a long way. We really, really value it. Like we, we don't have a lot of it. So we make sure that we're using it to the best of its ability. That's programming a number one, right? That's insuring assets. You know, we just purchased the truck. That's going to help us scale our garden programs, right? So that we don't, so we can be more efficient when we're delivering soils or we're delivering plants or, you know, so on and so forth. Or, or maybe it's in uh, the creation of a physical structure. Uh, sometimes we purchase things like a greenhouse. Well, that grows the organization's capacity to now have plants so that we can purchase those or build those things internally, um, you know, in creating internal revenue, which is awesome. Uh, sometimes it's to an innovative project saying we're going to put solar panels on the top of our roof or we're going to enhance our rainwater collection. Really going back to a practice known as triple net zero, which is saying how can we harness all energy? How can we harness all of our water usage, usage? And then how can we manage all waste on Gardopia's site? So if it's not programming, we're thinking about it in terms of assets and saying we're going to create a sustainable feature either at Gardopia or really get something that's going to help us build our capacity out to our community. Before we wrap up, Stephen, um, I also wanted to mention that uh, you were—you recently launched a new magazine called Cultivate SA. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. So, you know, Gardopia, again, we don't have a lot of people, but I think we have a, a lot of foresight and intuition on what is to come. And so I know that San Antonio needs a one-stop shop for urban agriculture. You know, people want to grow food. People want chickens. People want pollinator gardens. People want compost. People want fertilizer. People want these things. The green industry is a $4 billion industry. Um, You know, I went to Palo Alto College. I, I studied in horticulture and agriculture and you know, it's just truly amazing. I mean, Texas A&M, agriculture, mechanical uh, university, like we're a, we're a big player, Texas is, and people really care about their landscape and the, and the land in the state. And so all that being said, um, San Antonio didn't have that one-stop shop. So the idea was this uh, magazine provided that space for urban agriculture-centric uh, articles. Uh, we created a... Um, a planting guide for zones 8B and 9A, and we created a directory for nurseries, for farmers markets, for urban yeah, agriculture, That's really cool. for-profit companies. Like, you know, just let's bring it all together, y'all. I mean, I understand we can partner together, we can compete against each other, like however you want to see it, but at the end of the day, uh, that one-stop shop was needed, and, and that's what we're doing with the magazine, Cultivate San Antonio. You can follow it. It has its own okay. Instagram. It has its own Facebook, and we're working on the website. In the face of climate change and the myriad of diet-related health issues impacting too many in our population, the work that Gardopia Gardens is doing to grow healthy, sustainable communities is so important. The Garden Awards Gala will be held at the San Antonio Botanical Gardens June 30th at 6.30 p.m. You can buy a ticket to the gala or get more information on all things Gardopia at gardopiagardens.org. Thanks again to Stephen, Dom, and Andres 
for taking the time to chat.